Welcome into The Harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping ordinary believers take the message and mission of Jesus out of the building and into the everyday places of life. What does it mean to find the will of God, and how do we go about doing it? That's the topic of conversation for our team on this week's show. Why is it we believe the God of all creation cares about how you go about living your life? Why and how does He go about guiding us? If these are questions that you're interested in learning more about, then I hope this episode of the podcast encourages you. Give a listen and then head over to our Facebook page and let us know what you think. You can join the conversation in the comments under the post for this episode. Hey everybody, it's Abigail and I am officially back with Andrew and Keith. Hey guys. What's going on, Abby? It's good to hear your voice. Hey Abigail, good to hear from you. I know, I missed one episode and I just feel like it's been forever. <laughs> It does feel like it's been a while. Oh, I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I know. I How mean, dare you go on vacation? How I dare know. I? I mean, you guys didn't even know where I was. I was listening in the car, and I, you guys were like, "We don't even know where she is." And I, I like yelled at the at the radio, which is how I was listening to you. I was like, "I'm at the beach." You said you yelled at the radio. I, I yelled You're at, at you. Beach. You didn't hear me though. So just FYI to we the people it. out we there listening. Um, you can't just yell at us. We won't be able to hear you. You'll have to comment. <laughs> You'll this have to comment. That's what I learned from that. Oh, yeah. But yes, I was I was at the beach, you guys, which you clearly blocked out because you're probably just too jealous, and I understand. And that's a you know, I get it. True. So how are have you yep. guys been since I've been away? Yeah, we've we've been good, Abby. As you can tell, we definitely missed you. We were we were trying to express that in a podcast, but all we did was express that we didn't know where you were. So <laughs> to all of our listeners, we apologize. We apologize. We have great team chemistry, but we're still growing. We're still learning. So you guys are have everybody fine, back. please. You knew where I was. Just in that moment, it was hard I know, to right? That's true. That's yeah, true. I, I can barely keep up with my own schedule. Exactly. So man, it, it goes downhill fast after that once I start moving beyond just trying to keep myself straight here exactly but yeah we've been doing good we're settling into the new place and um things in san diego are going well it's been hot it's been especially hot here lately me and andrew are training for a marathon marathon randomly now so uh, we've been running a lot so uh in two months we'll be running a marathon so pray for us please that'd be awesome yeah, that's definitely the biggest news on this end is Keith decided that he wanted to do a marathon Wait. and then he decided he, he wanted me to do one with him. <laughs> yep, it's Guys, been a year since I uh, ruptured my Achilles, me? so uh, this was the celebration. Wait, yeah, Andrew, wait, wait, he was wait. willing. He's a, good, he's a good friend. Keith, back up this train. Like the last we all heard, you were like still injured. So you went from being an injured person to being a, a trainer of marathons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. I uh, it may be, you know, we're gonna have to really lean on God and uh, each other. But I feel like I'm healthy enough to get through the race. We've never, I've never done it before, so I'm really grateful that Andrew. When I mentioned it to him, he kind of lit up, and uh, I was like, "Yep, that's that's my sign." Right? You've seen that look before. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, so some of our listeners may not know. Last about this time last year, is it has it been a year yet? Uh, October 1st, so it'll be a year. So yeah. not even a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, Lakeith ruptured, or was it ruptured? Or yeah, ruptured by Achilles playing basketball. And I thought it was just torn, but every doctor confirmed that you ruptured your Achilles. So. Right. Yep. So so how long were you basically on crutches? Yeah, uh, man, that was crutches for about three months and the boot and slash cast for about 
five about five months about five months so yeah. yeah so he actually just started running any kind of running <laughs> what two or three weeks ago yeah about a month ago yeah, about a month ago, and so decided, let's go ahead and run 26 miles. Sure. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Pray for us, Abby. I Pray often for... feel that way. I haven't run at all this whole summer because it's really hot in Texas, but you can oh, be sure that the first cool day and the first mile that I run, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just gonna run a marathon. That's That feels right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, think, I think you must be trying to make up for, for lost time here. He's I guess his, so, man. He's off his legs for a few oh, months yeah. there. Wow. But yeah, we're going to actually be doing the, uh, the Long Beach Marathon. And for those of us who listened to the podcast a couple of weeks ago, we talked with Troy Cooper. His family lives up in Long Beach. And so... We haven't talked with Troy yet, but I'm hoping that he'll be in town and maybe we'll get to hang out with him and some of the, the church up there in Long Beach. That, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be super cool. Man, that was a really awesome episode, too. Um, if you guys have <laughs> not heard it yet, you need to uh, listen to last week's episode with Troy Cooper. Um, they are like full-on family goals over there. So if you are not... Uh, in the know on that particular podcast, you've got to listen to it. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a great one. Well, Abby, I know now you've, you were on vacation a couple weeks back, but anything else going on? We, we basically, last time we were on, we talked a lot about appliances, <laughs> yeah, uh, refrigerators we in particular. Right yeah, I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, um, the big news coming from the Wilson house is that justice is going to be in preschool two days a week oh, this year. Oh, boy. Starting in September, which means, drum roll, I will have no children at home for three whole hours, two days a week. Wow. So just ready, get ready yeah. for some productivity. Watch out. <laughs> How do you think just is, is he looking forward to preschool? Is he, oh, man. Does he even know what's coming? Oh, well, he already calls, like, the gym child care school because he wants to go to school so badly. Uh. Um, but he got a little tote bag <laughs> from the preschool, uh, and he we went to Trader Joe's right after we visited the preschool, and he insisted on taking his little tote bag into um, Trader Joe's. And then he walked around Trader oh. Joe's and put all the stuff inside of his tote bag, like a total klepto. Uh -oh. I promise we paid for it at the end. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm not sure you're... Uh... <laughs> setting him up for success here i know we're just doing it right from the beginning but to so to say the least he's very excited and it's it's he's he awesome. that kid is like made for school i mean if jesus oh, tells yeah. us to, to homeschool it. him i will totally do it out of obedience but it will be hard to keep him fully entertained with all the people <laughs> that he needs to see in a day so so, oh, yeah. So, yeah. so that so actually, true. I'm going to use that as my segue, friends. Um, if God told us to, to homeschool justice, we 100% would because we mm. would want to follow the will of God in our lives. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. Uh, our topic is, nice. are we calling it like discerning the will of God? What is the title here? I think we... Um said we would call it finding the will of God, but discerning is, uh, that works too. Yeah. Okay. Finding is Got know, an easier word. We'll go with that. <laughs> All right. So that's our topic today, <laughs> which is a really, I think, uh, a very um, 
maybe a common thing that comes up in discipleship and talking to people about their relationship with the Lord. And so I think it's going to be a really good conversation today. Uh, We are just going to jump right in on this topic of... um, of what that even means, what that looks like in our lives. Um, uh, maybe we could just start with, is this something that we feel like as believers we should be doing on everything, like every little detail of our mm. lives? Keith, did you ask Jesus if you should run a marathon? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, good question, Abby. I, I, uh, I actually did. I was at work, <clears throat> and we share a tool called the uh, – cornerstone or the 40-day challenge yeah and uh our hook is always there's two things that people don't do in a lifetime and one is read the bible from cover to cover and the second one is run a marathon 26.2 miles and we've been sharing that for years like literally years and i've been at 50 percent the whole time so uh it was eating away at me i was feeling very convicted and uh it was something that was always uh something i wanted to do and uh I was at work. I couldn't get it off my mind, so I prayed about it, and I uh, was like, "Well, Lord, if I uh, if I should do this, I'm gonna talk to someone, Andrew, <laughs> and see if he'll uh, if, if he'll join me and think that's a good idea." Because, man, hurting myself was the first for me. I had never broken any bones, mm. no big injuries, so rupturing my Achilles, Achilles, and not being able to walk, shower, sleep, and everything that I went through was very humbling. And God uh, showed me how how much I needed to depend on him and how much I should be grateful mm-hmm. for get health, you know? So all of that was a, Hey Lord, would you let me, <laughs> you know, celebrate this, uh, this process with the marathon. And I, uh, I was really grateful that Andrew, when I talked to him about it, man, you should have seen him. We were at our leaders Bible study and he lit up and he talked, started talking about all the plans. And I had talked to Stephanie, my wife about it. And, uh, she was a little hesitant, but she was like, Hey, if that's what you think, you need to do to, you know, I know you, I trust your judgment in your body. And uh, she was on board. Andrew was on board. And so uh, we're signing up this week. And then funny enough, a, a young lady, Tasha, involved in our ministry, her and her brother are going to be running that same marathon on the same day. Yeah, so we found that out later. Yeah, like literally yesterday. Oh, cool. Neat, so. That's awesome. Well, I think this yeah. is the perfect. A good question. That's the perfect um I think the beginning segue for us, because you just described sort of, uh, you know, it's sort of maybe silly to some people listening, but it's not. It's something that <laughs> came up in your life. You couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, you prayed about it. You were in the word um, during this process. And then you talked to, you know, your mentor, your wife, mm-hmm. like all of these mm-hmm. pieces mm-hmm. sort of fell together. And that's how you came to be a marathon training person. <laughs> Very cool. Abby, I don't remember your original question, specifically the exact wording, but I do know that what, what comes to my mind is, as as believers especially, we, we seem to sometimes, if, if we were to think of the two extremes here, one extreme would be that we're just living our lives and we're never really checking in with God. Mm-hmm. We're not really concerned about... Um, what is God's will for me in the big, the big issues or the small, we're just making our way as best we know how. Um, and there's probably a, quite a few people that are doing that as they go through life mm-hmm. for, for different reasons. And then on the other side of the extreme might be someone who is, who's constantly 
paralyzed because they don't want to make the wrong decision. Mm. They don't want to do something that would displease God or were some or would somehow be outside of His will, down to the the smallest details. Have you guys um, have you guys experienced that? And and if that was a spectrum in terms of us wanting to find the will of God, I guess how much should we stress? the small, the small details. Is that something you guys have given a lot of thought to? Uh, yeah, you know, this is really, um, it's kind of funny that this topic came up because when I was at the beach with my family, um, uh, it was like a, my extended family, well, small extended family. So my parents, um, my sister and her family, and then our family, and uh, we haven't done too many trips like that, but I obviously traveled with my parents growing up and everything. And so I'm really used to my dad. If he goes to a place that he likes, like he spends the whole time that he's there, like planning how he's going to move to that location. So if you're, you know, whether that's like down this, <laughs> you know, like two cities over, he's like, hmm, like, let's look at real estate over in like in Italy or something. He's like, I feel like we should move here. Like everywhere we go, he was always that way. So the beach was the same way we were having a great time and the house next door to our beach house was being built and like my dad was just obsessed the whole time about like buying this beach house but it came up that um during this process like brett my husband was like um you know is your dad serious about buying this beach house and i was like no like don't worry about it like he does this every time (laughs) um but we ended up having a conversation with my dad and he he talked about this he was like you know it's kind of um an interesting thing so many believers just they have like their overarching um just identity of who they are in Christ. Like, this is my purpose to give to missions, to tithes, to go to church on Sunday, um, to, you know, be a, a follower of, of, you know, the commands of Christ, like those types of big overarching things. And then they just kind of, all the other stuff is really up to them as long as it fi- falls under those mm. big categories. And he was like, man, we have never mm. been that way. Like we take everything to the Lord. And so of course I probably am not going to be buying a beach house because I, I doubt that's something that, um, I'm supposed to do at this point, you know. Um, But I think because I was brought up that way where, like, most things, like jobs, um, if we were, like, where we were going to live, where we went to school, like, all of those things were taken before the Lord. Like, that was just my normal – that was just, that was life. Like I was used to that. So it's kind of a, a good question, Andrew, because I was so used to taking the details of my life to the Lord that it never even crossed my mind that that wouldn't be something that I did. <laughs> um, but for sure, as I grew older and I was no longer under my parents, kind of jurisdiction, I I had some fear, like you were mentioning, where I was like, if I didn't hear directly from the Lord about something, or I didn't feel like I would, I would freak out like that maybe I was going to make some huge wrong choice. Um, and I think that took right. a little while to work through, um, which I have some thoughts on that, but we can get to that later. Did that? Yeah, I think on this subject of of finding the will of God, I do think that's that's maybe at the meta level, just a, a big question. If you believe that God exists and that He cares about our lives and the choices we make, well, how how fine a strainer do do we use on that? Like, how do we just ask Him for direction on the really big issues in life, 
or are are we really needing to check in with him just throughout our, each day, even in the small things? You know, I know there's got to be some limit. Like, should I get uh, Coke or Dr Pepper <laughs> when you're at the uh, fountain machine? Yeah. But well, <laughs> not yeah. to be sacrilegious, but but just to say, at some point, um, you know, God does give us uh, brains, and He wants us to use them. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I, I think that'd be a fun thing to uh, to try to to clarify and see. I don't know if you've got some some thoughts on that, Lakeith. Yeah, just a quick thought that came to mind is you know trust the Lord your God with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, mm. and all your ways acknowledge Him. So, God, should I run a marathon? <laughs> I gotta acknowledge God. I have to. I have to seek Him out and you know see what He's what He's giving me, what He's giving me back. And uh, I, uh, I just agree with that proverb. You know, in all your all your ways acknowledge God. So I uh, like your um, example, Andrew, about the Coke. You know, and the Dr Pepper. And um, yeah, I, I would just say like, man, you can take it to God, big or small. You know, like uh, all your ways acknowledge Him. So I think there's not a limit that you can put on that. And uh, it can seem kind of, I don't know, silly or ridiculous sometimes, but I think uh, I think it's worth it to always check in. I'm reminded of the guys in uh, Joshua when they um, wanted to go and uh, make a treaty with the village, and they didn't seek out God. And uh, at the time, it seemed everything seemed all right, but later it came up that they should have mm. they should have acknowledged God. So yeah. I think the safe bet is to <laughs> acknowledge Him in all your ways. So. That's a really great example. Um, I think there's a lot of great Old Testament stories that I think point to, um, you know, seeking God 100% of the time because, you know, you can't mm-hmm. just assume what he's going to, you know, it's he may not say the same thing that he said last time. Uh, all through Joshua, mm-hmm. we see that because he how God would instruct Joshua to fight one group of bad guys would be different from from exactly. group to group so he was really well trained in seeking the lord but we see that because he was with moses all those years watching moses seek mm-hmm. the lord and so that was really good training for him of observing how moses had to seek the lord with for every move so and I was just reading in numbers, if you follow along on our Insta stories, about um, Moses hitting the rock instead of speaking to it. And uh, that was a real rough mm. passage, friends, because that was like, <laughs> yes. that was a real, like, that's an example of where in our human mind, we're like, that is super not a big deal. Like, hitting versus speaking to a rock, you know, like, surely... No big deal. But it was a big deal to God. And so I think, if anything, that points mm-hmm. to God's heart of desiring um, our – he wants to be involved in even the details of how we um, obey him. I just got off track a little bit. But anyway, it was a good thought no, and I, as, as far as what you said. <laughs> I think Keith. that's a – I think that's another thing that obviously if, if someone's an atheist, then – this whole conversation is nonsense to them um, to, to believe that there is a, a higher being out there um, who is having a concern about what's going on in, in your life or my life, you know, one individual on a planet of 7 billion individuals. But I, I think even for a lot of people who believe in God, they struggle to, to believe that, that God has an interest, takes an interest in whether or not Lakeith should run a marathon. 
Um, so what do you guys think about that in terms of what, what has made you convinced that God is, is interested in the details of, of your individual life versus just believing that God's out there? And, you know, especially a few hundred years ago, there were a lot of people who were um, considered deists. So they believed in God and even the God of the Bible. But their, their mindset was, well, God created the world and he kind of set things in motion. And then he's handed things over to us and, and we're supposed to figure out how to best run our lives and the world around us. And God doesn't really intervene or get involved. So um, I think all three of us clearly believe differently that God is very much involved in the affairs of everyday life and the affairs of history. But um, what gives you guys confidence in your personal lives that that God wants to speak into your decisions? What would you say, Abby? Um, I think that this boils down to what I think God cares about. And I think we're, we really have to make it clear that um, my, my little tiny personal hopes and dreams can for 100% sure fit under God's, like, he cares about that. But ultimately, God cares about his kingdom and what he is doing to fulfill his promises regarding his kingdom. And I'm just a part of that. And so I think as long as I have that sort of idea of my relationship with God, as far as if I, my purpose is to make his kingdom on this earth and to be a part of his kingdom mm-hmm. work, then, uh, which I do, I think that's all of our identity. We've talked about that many times on our podcast. And I think if I have that attitude, then of course, I also need to constantly be seeking my commander about the things of his kingdom. So for, in some ways for me to um, be like, you know what? I got this. Like I know what I want. I know what is good for our family. Then that's actually some, some, some arrogance on my part to be thinking that Mm -hmm. I know better for my purpose, you know, in this world. Does that make sense? Like I almost think the egotistical thing would be for me to not be seeking the Lord about the details of our lives. Um, yeah. So that that answer that I would, question. I'm I agree. Not even I, mean, sure. I think that. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think the world is kind of headed that direction where it's like, um, it. Andrew was mentioning it earlier, but it doesn't make sense to seek God like, on a lot of decisions because, uh, you know, we all go in our own way. We want to do our own thing. So you see a lot of people, operating that way. But I think to answer your question, Andrew. Um, you know, in Romans, it talks about don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you were able to test and approve what God's will is. Um, and I think, yeah, if, if we see the world going this way, we shouldn't be going that way. You know, as believers, it's like we don't want to conform to what everybody else does or what everybody else, what makes sense to them. Um, but, you know, we we shouldn't be conformed. We should test uh, what God's will is. And, and we'll be able to know his will by testing. So I think that's a process. And I think it's something that's learned over and over again. And I uh, know it's an area I want to go grow in personally, uh, Abby. So I, I thought your point made a lot of sense that uh, we can get to the point where we're feeling full of ourselves or overconfident. And we're like, yeah, you know, we, we got this. We don't really need to see God on this one. Like, I'm old enough now, God, let me yeah, go. Yeah, right. And figure this out. 
Yeah. Well, what do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I think what it starts with our. I think it starts with our understanding of of God's character, the, the the kind of God that we see in the scriptures, and that's why we do believe that God is active because we see it all throughout the pages of scripture where He's taking notice from the very beginning in the garden. He comes down in the the cool of the day to meet with Adam and Eve, and then he notices that things aren't as they should be. So God has always, from the very beginning, taken an interest in the affairs of men and women on the earth. And I don't think that that was just the first man and woman. Um, I think anyone who belongs to him has access to, to God's guidance and and that God has an eye on what's happening in our individual lives. And from our human perspective, it doesn't make sense because we are just one person on a world of seven billion. So and we're not we're not the most important people on that planet of seven billion. So why would God why would God really bother taking time to to take notice and offer guidance and input to my life? But he does and and I was reading actually this morning in uh, Psalm chapter eight, and I think David had a similar a similar question in his own mind when he he said in verse three, "When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor." And so that's one of the really amazing things about the God that we see in scripture is that it doesn't make sense to us that he would concern himself with our lives. And yet that's what we see that that's the kind of God that he is. And so I think, um, that's where it really starts to, to really understand that basic character quality of God, that he is a a personal God. And uh, I think sometimes we, we squeeze too much out of the, the phrase, a personal relationship with Jesus, um, but but God is personal, and there is a personal connection that we're invited to have with Him, which goes all the way down to what's going on in our lives. And mm-hmm. a verse that we have people memorize pretty early on in their their faith is Philippians four six and seven, where it says, "Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God." And so. We're instructed to take the daily anxieties that we have, concerns, worries, and in obedience, bring them to God to to pray to him and to ask for his guidance, but also for his peace uh, to watch over our lives. So we've got this uh, God who is very personal and very involved in our lives, and we've got this open invitation and even command Mm to to seek him out and to ask for his guidance. But just to play a, a little bit of a devil's advocate, I, I do think that sometimes we can overdo it. So, you know, I'm not sure God does care if I get Coke, Coke or Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Coke. <laughs> uh, I yeah, mean, do, I mean, do you think that... Coke is definitely the clear choice there. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that, that obviously God would choose Coke. But, um, I mean, it, <laughs> I... <laughs> I I guess my thought there, Andrew, is like, do you think that there's people out there doing that? Like that that's um, that they are over over asking God to speak into. Man, I hope not. I hope not but, too. But I do think that 
I do think that there are people, though, who are paralyzed because mm. they're so afraid yeah. to get it wrong. Right. So it's a, maybe it's a bigger issue. Yeah. Um, and they don't, they don't want to choose one way or the other mm-hmm. because they might choose the wrong thing, something that God wouldn't want them to do. And so that was really what I was, right. I was sort of trying to make an exaggerated example. I know, I know. <laughs> um, so, so I think, so those are the dangers. I think the dangers are to go through life just not checking in with God at all and just assuming mm. that you've got enough intelligence and, and mm-hmm. wisdom to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. And then on the other side, I think there's this danger of just being paralyzed and never moving out in faith because you're afraid that you're going to get it wrong. And somewhere in between those two things, there's this um, there's this life of walking by faith and learning mm. how to check mm-hmm. in with God mm. But at the same time, not being paralyzed because True. he didn't give you a burning bush, you know. Right. So, so we we ought to talk about that too. Yeah. Like, well, how do you find the will of God? Yeah. What are some of the let's move into the ways? That. Like, let's move into what we see as maybe the principles of how to to seek the will of the Lord, um, and maybe how that would look. Because I think that even as we go through those. We'll be hitting that the possibility that you know the Lord stays silent, and what can what can you do in a situation like that? So maybe we can kind of get into that next. Um, so uh, Keith, you took us through your little story of how you came to be a marathon runner, but so why don't you <laughs> now maybe more specifically let's um, start with maybe some of the principles that you have seen played out in your own life of how to seek the will of the Lord. For sure, Abby, for sure. I, uh, I, I wish I can call myself a marathon runner right now, but I'm not there yet. So uh, the prayer and uh, <laughs> the will is still, you know, being discerned. But, uh, I'll fa- I, you know, I'll go back a couple of years ago um, when I was trying to decide whether I should stay in San Diego and continue to uh, partner with Andrew and learn from him to get mentored by him. Or to go back home uh, to Chicago, and I got to say, guys, I, I really wrestled with this. I was um, I was undecided for a long time. So uh, finally, me and Andrew sat down. We had a a long, you know, an intense conversation about uh, the will of God and what it looked like and how to how to how to discern it. And uh, I was at the I was in the Navy at the time, so he used an analogy about a ship turning, and he said it's hard to, to turn a ship. That's sitting in water, that's sitting still, that's not moving it. That's not moving because you can't turn it. You never see a ship just sitting still and turning. But he said for a ship to turn, it has to be going in a direction. Then it's a lot easier to turn it. And he uh, said, yeah, there's a similar thing with the will of God. You know, like what you need to do is move in a direction. And if God wants to move your ship because you are moving, he can turn it a lot, uh, a lot easier if you were moving in a direction. So he said, hey, like, trust God. So if he, if he wants you to move to Chicago, start, uh, start moving to Chicago. And if he wants to derail or change that ship, he can, but if he wants you to stay in San Diego, start moving in that direction. And uh, if God want to recourse you, he will. So as you get, most of you know, I uh, decided to stay in San Diego, but I had to test. I had to, uh, to start moving in a direction. I couldn't stay still because it was, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't discerning the will of God. But once I, started moving in a direction and God let me coast and coast. Uh, it became very evident to me that God had me in San Diego and that 
uh, there was things he wanted me to accomplish here. So, you know, go back, go fast forward seven years, you know, here I am uh, still trying to be obedient to that call that God had. And so often you see God using people, you know, so when you got Peter and Cornelius, God was talking to both of them, but he wanted them to talk to each other to fulfill what he had in store for them. So I think that, yeah, God uses people mm. a lot of times when he wants to reveal his will to you. So I think that was one way I would say is just move in a direction and let God guide your course. Yeah. There's a few things that you actually touched on there, Lakeith. Um, so, so one thing that, um, that I think we need to make clear, sometimes God does give us those, those burning bush, um, inputs, you know, so, so for Moses, uh, the way God made it clear to him that he was supposed to, to go back to Egypt, to, to bring the people out of slavery is the, probably the most famous guidance that we see in the Bible that I can think of is that God gives this burning bush. Mm -hmm. And then there are other places in scripture where God uh, appears either in a dream or he takes on, um, he sends an angel that takes on some sort of human visible form and he gives people very clear direction and instruction about what's going to happen next and what they need to do and sometimes we can get the idea that that that's normative that if we ask god for guidance he's going to give us some sort of supernatural insight like a burning bush when in reality i, I think that those are extremely rare mm -hmm. um, most of us aren't going to get any of those, maybe one, maybe two, you know, e e you know, even Moses only got one burning bush <laughs> in the course of his 120 year life. Good point. And so, um, I think that's something that people need to, to realize when they are trying to figure out how do I find the will of God? You can't just rely on burning bushes. You can't just wait for God to, to give some sort of incredibly supernatural direction for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the verse out of Romans 12 that Keith mentioned earlier, I think is one of my favorite verses for finding the will of God. And like Keith said, it starts off by saying, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that, that phrase that I want to, to really key, key in on is, by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Mm. So the will of God is something that needs to be discerned and we can go about doing that by, by testing. So we have to figure out, well, what does it mean to, to test? Uh, is that, does that mean that God is testing us and then that's how we're going to discover the will of God? Or does that mean that we're testing God and that's how we're going to discover his will? Um, I believe it's a little bit of both. I think God, will guide your life through circumstances. And like Lakeith mentioned, he will uh, bring people into your life mm -hmm. at, at important moments mm -hmm. to help um, sway you in one direction or the other. But I also believe that we should be testing God, that we should be thinking through and trying to figure out what's the best, what's the best decision. Given what I know about God, given what I know about this mission that you talked about, Abigail, um, we need to be actively thinking and wrestling with choices and really owning those those decisions. There's a, a quote I heard. I don't know who, who gave this, so if either, either of you know, then mm -hmm. you can give credit. <laughs> but 
I once heard um, a quote that said, when God gave you a brain, he gave you a good deal of leading. <laughs> and the point there is God has already given you a lot of wisdom and intelligence, and he's already revealed many things about himself and about his, his value system. Mm. And because, because of that, he expects you to use what you already know to, to make good decisions. So I think some of it is we need to be testing God so that we can discern the will of God. Yeah. What, what do you think, Abby? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it is holding all those things together and um, somehow having them all work together. Because if we're not, um, I think, moving forward, like Keith said, then there's really no way to test it mm -hmm. to see if it's uh, you know, the proper way to go. And I think that we do have to be constantly returning to the Lord in prayer and in the word to make sure that we are not kind of slipping off track of his purpose and plan for all of our lives. And so that, mm. you know, takes work to be in that place all the time. But I, I, one of the things that I thought of when you were talking about the burning bush is honestly, friends, you really do not want to have a burning bush moment because that usually means what's coming next is going to be so super hard that you're going to need that burning bush to like look back on. <laughs> I think anytime mm. that God has given us like really clear, um, like just super clear, like written on the wall type stuff. He hasn't written on the wall just by the way, but things like that that are so clear, <laughs> they've always been followed by an incredibly hard faith filled time where you're just like, I can't believe that this is, you know, what I'm doing now and this is so hard and surely I missed the will of God completely because this is so hard. And so usually, at least in my in my own life, and I think also biblically, like you see anytime God does does something huge, like goes and anoints David's head and then the next however many years of David's life before he becomes king are yeah. like super rough. Like I bet he was like, man, wish mm -hmm. I hadn't had that particular calling on my life. <laughs> so I, I guess I just want to put it some perspective out there for you that, you know, if I, I think that the Lord gives those really huge um, direction pointing whenever it is against, it's against the grain, like it doesn't fit like um, right. normal convention. And so like you said, you know, the rest of the time he is happy to just allow us to use the brain that he gave us. Like the Lord made you mm -hmm. and he made your brain. And so he obviously wants you to use it. So I think that's a really important part of the process. And I think I remember um, – it may even have been you, Andrew, um, when we were up in Washington, I, uh, when Brett was deployed, I was looking for a job like crazy in Washington. I mean, I, no one would give me a job. <laughs> and you guys, I'm actually very marketable. Like you would not even believe like anyone <laughs> would want to hire me. <laughs> and in the past, I had been hired very quickly. And for some reason, I could not get a job for anything. And I just could not figure out why. And it then became sort of clear that I was supposed to have this extra free time to do more ministry. And honestly, it hadn't even crossed my mind that that should be something I should do. And so that was an instance mm. where I wasn't even seeking God in that matter because I just assumed 
you should get a job because that's just what an adult should do. (laughs) And so um, (laughs) it was an, an interesting example of the Lord shutting doors in my life to, to draw my attention mm-hmm. to the fact that maybe I should be seeking him a little mm-hmm. more on the direction I should go. Um, so I think that it wasn't wrong of me to be looking for a job because, like I said, that was a practical and smart thing to do. Of course, you should look for a job to support yourself. Um, and then when that didn't happen, when I didn't get a job, um, then it was kind of what to do next. And so I think in that circumstance, yeah. it was sort of a little, a little backwards, but in all of these examples we've yeah. gave, given so far, it's always been about abiding deeply with the Lord through whatever season we're in, whatever mm-hmm. we're seeking his will in. So I think that's right. probably the biggest principle that we've given out so far. Is there anything else that we've maybe missed? Well, I, I like, um, your example there, and it kind of fits with what Lakeith was saying about being in motion. You know, a ship—if you're going to actually direct a ship in a new in a new direction, then um, it has to be moving. And so, in that case, you were actively looking for work, and then it mm-hmm. became clear at some point that oh, maybe maybe I'm not supposed to work um, a, a typical job. Maybe I'm supposed to take this time and dedicate it towards making disciples, learning, growing in my spiritual life. And um, probably my favorite example of that from the scriptures is from the book of Acts chapter 16, where Paul and his team, they've got this uh, desire to go out and share the gospel and plant churches in new cities. And as you read, it says that uh, they were traveling through what is today modern day Turkey. And they had um, their first plan was they wanted to go south into the southern part of of the region, and it says that uh, they weren't allowed. We don't get the details of, of <laughs> why, but they couldn't do it. And then they decided, well, let's go north, and it says that uh, they were prevented. And so um, there was really only one direction at that point, which was to go forward, which they did. And, mm-hmm. and they ended up in on a on the coast, the western coast of Turkey in a, um, a city called Troas. And there, um, we read that eventually they, they, a church was started, disciples were there, but they also, Paul received a vision of a man standing on the other side of the sea, which would, was in Greece in modern day Europe and calling to Paul to come over and help. And so, um, when Paul woke up, he told his his friends about it, his his partners there on his team, and they they decided that oh well that must be what God wants. He wants us to go over into Greece and share the gospel there. And so many of the great um, churches that we read about in the New Testament, like Philippi and Thessalonica, Corinth, those all came into existence after this time of trying to figure out where should we go. But they, but they were in motion, and they were willing to keep moving forward until God gave mm-hmm. them some some added insight. God gave one of them, Paul, this vision, and then they talked about it, and they they decided, yes, this is what God wants us to do. So, I kind of love that story because it's it's got kind of all of those elements that you need to keep moving. Um, it helps if you have a team mm-hmm. that can help you wrestle with the decisions. And then make the best choice that 
that you understand at that time. So I, I think it definitely makes sense, Abigail, your, your story of trying to find that job. Yeah. Yeah. And there's um, one more thing that I really wanted to just sort of point out as, as we cover this topic. And actually, um, something that came up in one of our Harvesters articles that we did um, a few weeks ago, if you go back on our website and look at the Harvesters series, we did one with um, the Fishers who live um, outside of D.C. And they were sharing their story about um, how they're reaching their neighborhood for Christ and sharing the gospel with people that wouldn't normally get to hear it. And something that they said in that article really stood out to me. Um, They were talking about kind of what they were doing before they started reaching their neighbors, and they had been in kind of a a big mega church type situation. And they said something along the lines of, you know, they were frustrated and just unhappy there, and they were more focused about what God could do for them versus what they could do for the kingdom of God. And that was kind of where their frustrations were were lying. And so when they transitioned over to really focusing on the kingdom of God and how they could help to advance it, that's really when things started to take off from what I understand. And I really, Mm. I think that that's a big um, part to play in the modern day Western church is that we have this idea that, you know, Sure, I'll seek the Lord for his will as long as it means like a super awesome job and like a really mm. cool house and like some nice cars. Mm. And um, mm. maybe we'll live in like a really fabulous neighborhood. And maybe, you know, my kids will have really wonderful friends that, you know, look just like them and believe the same things that we believe. And, you know, all these things, I think it's a really pretty picture that we've painted and that that's what it would look like. Like that's what the final picture will look like. And so I kind of just want to erase that for everybody, (laughs) that when we start to do the (laughs) will of the Lord, it really may look super different from anybody else. (laughs) In fact, it probably will. Like probably our lives are going to look really different from anybody Mm -hmm. around us, even if they're also seeking the will of the Lord. It's very, it's very unique and special to each of us, which that should make us feel good. We're each individuals, <laughs> but also just that um, it may just it may be harder, and it may be um, a lot more. Um, I don't know, like it'll just look way uh, more different than we could possibly imagine. But I loved that quote mm-hmm. from the Fisher's article. If you haven't read it, you should go read it, everyone listening, um, because I think it'll really encourage mm-hmm. you as you're seeking the will of the Lord in your own lives. Um, just to, you know, really not only think outside the box, but just like throw the box out with the recycling like today, because <laughs> it's going to look really different. <laughs> um, okay. So I, before we, we kind of wrap this up, I did want to maybe get some more examples, stories from your own lives. Um, Keith and I have both shared some kind of personal stories already, but Andrew, so let's start with you. Do you have any stories from your own Mm -hmm. life where you were seeking the will of the Lord and kind of what that looked like for you and Cindy? Yeah. I I can't remember if I shared this one, but um, I think I have, but I can't remember if it was on the uh, podcast. So, Um, but when I first came to faith, I was just a few months away from graduating college and I was living in Indiana at the time. And so I, I came to faith because I began reading the Bible with a, a coworker 
And then I got involved with a, a local church there and was learning. And, and when I came to faith, it was very clear that um, the Lord wanted me to follow him and live for him. So it wasn't just, mm-hmm. I want to go to heaven, but, but I really wanted to live my life for him. And I knew I needed help to, to do that because I, I was really young and wasn't sure how to go about doing that. And so mm-hmm. as I came up closer to graduation, I had a decision to make, which was to stay on in the, the area where I had been going to school there in Indiana. Uh, I had a good job and they offered me a pay raise and a full-time position if I did stay on. Um, the other option was to move back down to where I was originally from, which was just one state further to the South Kentucky's, but so only about an eight hour difference in terms of location, but it was going to look radically different in terms of how my, my life would, would be. And uh, I really didn't know a lot of the principles of, of finding the will of God at that point. But I did, I did believe that God was aware of my life and that he had, um, a purpose for me and that I could pray to him about this decision. So I began to pray and and ask him to show me, should I stay there in Fort Wayne, Indiana, or should I move back down to Kentucky? And I think because I was so young and immature, God was gracious with me. Those were the only two options I really gave him. I didn't really ask him an opening to question like, where do you want me, God? Um, So in in some ways, I guess I I limited the the (laughs) options there. But, um, and I also didn't know how I was going to figure this out. And so I think at the time I was making something like eight, eight twenty five an hour, $8 and 25 cents an hour, which was at the time guys, really good money. Nice. Um, yeah. this was in 93. <laughs> so it was, it was quite a bit above minimum wage at that point. I think minimum wage was five and a quarter. Oh, wow. So everyone who's pushing for 15 an hour, just perspective there. <laughs> um, so, but I was making several dollars more than minimum wage and, so I thought, well, if they offer me a job, uh, the company I was working with, and they bump me up to $10 an hour, then that's how I'll know that God wants me to stay. Totally arbitrary, nothing in the Bible about uh, making $10 an hour uh, to find the will of God. But that was just sort of what I prayed about. And I t- told the Lord, well, Lord, this is how I'll know. And if uh, if it's less than that, then then I'll know that you want me to move. And so... Uh, the president of the company called me into his office and he said a lot of nice things about my work ethic and he knew I was graduating. He wanted me to stay on and they had a position for me and he would, he wanted to offer me a raise and he was going to raise my salary to $9 an hour. And so of course I knew about this prayer that I had offered to God. <laughs> and so, uh, I was very, tried to be very great, gracious and explain, I, I really appreciate that. Um, that offer, it means a lot to me, but, you know, I think I'm going to move down to, back to Kentucky where I'm from. And so he took it that I was bargaining because <laughs> he didn't know anything about a prayer. So, Playing so he hardball. said, well, what if I made it not, <laughs> right, right. he said, what if I made it nine twenty-five? And, and so I was like, well, that's really generous. But no, I think I'm still going to go back. And he, so he started getting a little frustrated, and he said, "Look, I I, I can give you nine fifty an hour, but that's that's all I can give." And so I felt bad at this point because um, <laughs> one, I knew I was going to turn him down again because I had prayed about it, um, and so it actually ended up being an opportunity 
for me to share my faith. And so I just shared with them, hey, I've recently become a follower of Christ and I've really prayed about this decision and and I prayed that if you guys offered me a job and you offered me $10 an hour, then, then that would be the sign that I was supposed to stay. And if not, that I was supposed to uh, move back to Kentucky. I think he still thought I was bargaining with him because he was kind of frustrated. He's like, well, I can't give you $10 an hour. I said, no, no, I don't. I'm not asking for, uh, I'm not asking you for, if you to do that. <laughs> I'm actually relieved. And, um, you know, even though I, I, I would never approach it that way now, I, again, I think the principle is to believe that God wants to guide your life. Mm. And I believe that God will actually work with us, even in our ignorance, mm -hmm. if we're really trying to honor him. And you know, within a year of making that decision, I, I moved. I moved in. That would have been like August of '93. Uh, um, by the next summer, by June, July of '94, I had met and married my wife. Um, I had met uh, the the couple who would end up mentoring us for the next seven years, and really, my life would not be where it is today if if I had not made the decision to move from, from Indiana to Kentucky, which all came down to this prayer and this kind of silly $10 mm -hmm. an hour uh, fleece that I was laying out before God. But I, I think God honored that. So, you know, we can ask God for his help and his wisdom. And um, I believe he'll, he'll help us get to the right place. Mm. <laughs> That's a good story. And I think you're right that the Lord is, is very patient with us and kind to us. So I think um, <laughs> I think if even if there had been some sort of like option C that you hadn't given to the Lord, then he would have somehow brought that to your attention. So his um, yeah, mm -hmm. I think uh, one last thing that I was thinking about even hearing that story was, you know, you guys like if it's part of God's plan, there's really not much we can do to screw it up. And so if you are one of those people mm. frozen because you're afraid you're going to make the wrong choice, like just take a deep breath because if you look at mm -hmm. the the founding fathers even, if you look at the life of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, man, those dudes, they made some hot mess decisions <laughs> and yet always the oh, yeah. will of God was still intact like the lord always protects his purposes and his plans so um it's pretty mm -hmm. pretty impossible for us to, little tiny ants to um <laughs> to make that huge of an error mm -hmm. so um cut yourself a little break you know you can even <laughs> think of andrew's story about the the ten dollars an hour as an example of you know the lord <laughs> the lord takes care of us no matter where we are on our path so yeah, by the way, I, I I moved back to Kentucky and promptly got a job making $6 an hour. Ooh, <laughs> so, that's a good gotcha. economic uh, lesson. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I was completely fine yeah. with it because that's where God wanted me. True. And like I said, there were uh, other things that God was taking me yeah. towards that, that had nothing to do with how much I was making an yeah. hour. So even though that was sort of my... the 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 terminer that I was basing it off of, that really wasn't the issue. Yeah. Like, the issue for me was I, I wanted to be where God wanted me. No, yeah. Andrew, I'm glad you said that because that really backs up what I was saying earlier about when we do follow the will of the Lord, it really 
may not look practical on the outside, but it will be the safest place for us to be in the will of the Lord. But um, our uh, our parents, our friends, they may all be really scratching their chins about <laughs> our uh, our decisions. But uh, so thank you. That's good. See, I think that to me that is the epitome of following the Lord is that oftentimes it really can look totally crazy on the outside. Um, that you would give up a ten dollar <laughs> or not ten? What was it? Nine fifty? Nine fifty an hour? Right. Nine fifty an hour to to go um, work for six. But that's exactly <laughs> what it being yeah. part of the Lord's work is worth it. It's worth it, friends. Um, all right, guys, we've been talking yeah. for a while. I think we may have to cut it off um, here. So, <laughs> any final thoughts before we we end this? podcast yeah i would just encourage our our listeners that to me finding the will of god is just another way of saying walking by faith and not by Mm -hmm. sight so Mm -hmm. this really is central to a life of discipleship that this isn't a small thing this is the thing this is this is what it means to not only belong to jesus Mm -hmm. but to live for him as we go through the um the fog of this earthly life It's, it's trying to seek and determine and discern what is God's will the big at the big level, but then how do I participate in that at, at my individual level? And that's something that we should constant constantly be striving for. Mm-hmm. I'd also love to just hear, you know, people there, there's so much more that I think we, oh, man, we could yeah. cover on I this. Know. I, I know there's some <laughs> some things that we didn't get around to. So I would love to uh, hear people's input or even questions. Maybe mm-hmm. if we didn't cover something or, or something wasn't clear, um, we're going to post this episode on our Facebook page and would love to have people engage with us in the uh, the comments under that post. But uh, how about you, Keith? Any any final thoughts? Yeah, real quick. Once you know the will of God, do it. Like Go for it. Don't hold back. Because um, Jesus, he talks about it a lot in Luke 12, but he says, the servant who knows his master's will and did not get ready or do what the master wants, he's going to get many blows, you know? So like once you do it, don't hold back. Uh, you know, the story of the young prophet in the old, pro- uh, pro- old prophet in the Old Testament, he knew the will of God and he was on the path to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, somewhere in there, he, he forgot about it. And, uh, you know, there were consequences. So yeah, like Abby said, trust God and go for it because he will bless it. But once you know it, don't hold back, go for it. Mm, good. How about you, Abby? Um, I think the... Oh, gosh. There really is so much more. I don't know what I'm going to pick here. Um, But I think uh, probably the one thing of encouragement that I would like to give to those maybe that are in the the waiting room right now, like trying to to figure out maybe the will of Hmm. the Lord and they haven't fully gotten it yet. Um, Something came up. I was reading the – I'm reading the life of a a missionary from the 1800s. Her name's Lilius Trotter. And she was a missionary in Algiers. And something that came up in reading her biography was really just, I thought, very helpful. When God delays in fulfilling our little thoughts, it is to give him room to work out his great ones. And so I think just in all of these um, sort of pursuit of seeking the will of the Lord, just make sure we're keeping our own thoughts small and realizing that we're pretty small our 
our concept of what he can do is pretty small. And so if we mm-hmm. haven't seen a fulfillment of what we thought we would see, or if we haven't gotten an answer we thought we would get, just remember that it's to make room for his great work that he's doing. Um, and it will probably be far beyond what we could ever have imagined. So um, just keep it up. Keep abiding in Christ. Um, keep in his word and mm-hmm. in prayer. And that's really where his direction shows up. And I think it'll take you places you never thought you'd be. So uh, we definitely want to hear from you guys. Please, please um, comment on this episode on our Facebook page. Uh, lately, I've noticed that we've been getting a lot of great feedback on our blog articles and on our podcasts, but I end up like going all over the place, um, seeing comments on different people's um, sharing our posts and et cetera. And we 100% want mm-hmm. to engage with you, but it is way easier for us if you do it directly on um, the episode when we post it so that we can kind of see the conversations. And, on, on our Facebook page. Yeah, on our Facebook page. <laughs> so that people can kind of all be a part of the conversation together. Um, we are definitely working on making our Facebook more interactive, and that is something we really want. <laughs> but um, until then, please um, bring your thoughts and opinions to our Facebook page and we would love to hear from you and thanks again for listening friends and we can't wait to get back with you next week what do we have on the agenda for next week Andrew next week I'm really excited I'm actually going to be interviewing Dan White Jr. who wrote a book called Love Over Fear and I it's basically representing Jesus Mm. in our polarized times and um, I'm confident that's going to be a great conversation And then we're going to go from there to talk about social media in the coming weeks. So we've got a couple of podcast episodes where we'll be be talking about how to uh, faithfully follow and represent Jesus in a social media world. So that's kind of what's on deck over the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. We're really going to be kind of going deep on those social media topics, probably on for almost a month, I think, with our blog and with the podcast together. So stay tuned, friends. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up. And thanks, guys, for this great chat. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.